Letter fifty-five of the History of Lady Barton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ivan Yuan from Shanghai High School International Division. The History of Lady Barton. By Elizabeth Griffith, Letter Fifty-Five. Lord Lucan to Lord Hume, I received both your letters, my dear Hume, by the same packet, and I think it much pleasanter to congratulate than condole. I shall only reply to the last of them, for if you are. As I now begin to think, a true lover, your present happiness must have banished every trace of your former disquiet. You have indeed, my lively friend, been mightily indebted to chance, and I hope you will pardon me for saying that it has done more in your favor than you had any right to have hoped for. But you careless fellows sometimes profit more by getting into scarps than we sober ones do by keeping out of them. I think it requires the utmost effort of disinterested friendship not to envy you the happiness of having been serviceable to the woman you love, and such a woman too, whose generous nature. Can be softened into a forgiveness of injuries by the small merit of having done an act that any man in the world, though not a lover, would have been proud to have performed. But who is Delia Colville, pray? This is another personage added to your former drama, being her first appearance on the stage. But. She must be the new mistress of Sir George, I suppose, whom you hinted at before, so that mystery is unravelled at last. Ella, Gemunsur es Fuspidar. The object of my adoration has been ill, dangerously ill, for some time, and I had not even dared to express my sorrow for her feelings. Or relieve my anxiety by incessant demented inquiries about her health. We are many, many miles asunder, almost at the opposite extreme of this kingdom, and I am debarred even the poor indulgence of lamenting by secret correspondence. The pangs I hourly feel from absence, but she is the ruler of my destiny, and I will not murmur or repine. And whatever she shall ordain, do I not then deserve that chance or fortune should do something in favor of such an humble and patient sufferer as I am? Yet what can it do for me? Circumstanced as my unhappy passion is, it must be criminal even to hope that those insuperable bars which now divide us shall ever be removed. And yet my weak, my guilty heart, even at this moment, feels a gleam of joy, 
indignant lender in the chance which soon may set her free. Let me not dwell upon the subject or breathe a wish that must render me unworthy of her. I have received an invitation to attend the nuptials of an intimate friend of mine, who has been long in love with the very amiable woman, but till now, withheld by parents. Though utterly unfit for any scene of festivity, I cannot refuse this summons, as I am truly interested in the happiness of both the bride and the bridegroom. I shall therefore set out immediately for Dublin. The wedding will be celebrated a few miles from it, but direct to me there. And if you have yet descended from your hyperbolical heights, pray let me have a simple newspaper paragraph about the fire and the facts that attended it. Your hopeless state has been battered, I find. By the same unnatural means that the wretched farmers of this country use with their land, when their crops begin to grow thin, they burn it. But you are a lucky fellow in everything. Even your ill behavior to Miss Cleveland turns out now to your advantage. A woman affords an irrefragable proof of her love, who forgives. Such an affront, for if she does, believe me, that 'tis her own passion, not your chivalry, that hath recovered her to you. Adieu, Lucan. End of letter fifty-five.